0: wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1102, Food and Social Pressure, Why Support Matters and How to Combat It by Brett Gornick and Jason Liebig of livebetterco.org. And I'm Dr. Neil, your host and narrator. Happy Monday and welcome back to another week of Optimal Health Daily. This is where I read to you from some of the best health and fitness blogs on the web kind of like an ongoing audiobook, and with my commentary at the end. Now we have five shows covering a bunch of different topics. Check them all out by searching for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this. Now, I'm featuring a brand new website today. I'll tell you about the authors and creators of the site after the reading. So for now, let's get right to today's post as we optimize your life. Food and social pressure. Why Support Matters, and How to Combat It by Brett Gornick and Jason Liebig of livebetterco.org. Think back to the last meeting you had at work where lunch was served. What food was put out? My guess is likely pizza and salad, maybe sandwiches if you're lucky. If you happened to bring your lunch that day, did you still eat the pizza? Were you really going to be that person to sit there seemingly above these unhealthy people and not have a slice? The number one issue I find with nutrition mishaps from clients or friends is always choices made under social pressure. This was a one off weekend. I had a birthday party. It was my friend's wedding. The list goes on and on for why you ate the cookie. Guess what? Every single weekend, especially in the summer, is a one off experience. Something is always going on. There is always a party to join, and bad decisions galore. indulge in. Somehow, people are victimized by their environment, like the bar itself made you drink it. This social pressure is strongest at home, at work, and out with friends. If food is in the pantry or fridge, you're going to eat it. If candy is sitting on your co-worker's desk, you'll grab that Reese's peanut butter cup every time you go by. If a round of shots comes out, are you going to be the one to refuse yours? Once someone goes for that piece of cake, It's a cascade of groupthink that we're not going to judge you for getting one too, which is how it should be. However, internally, you write off the action of actually eating the food to, well, everyone else had a piece. Here's the simplest, most direct point I can make. You put the fork or glass to your mouth every single time you take a bite or drink. Nobody forces you to do it. Hundreds of times a day, over and over again, you make the decision. There is a time and place for purposefully enjoying these foods. I'm not proposing giving it up entirely at all. However, the time and place is not four times a week and every weekend. Here are a few strategies to not be that person. One, create a four-day food log for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's really powerful to write down each bit of food you consume. It's suddenly easy to realize why changes aren't coming about when sugar is consumed multiple times per day, you're getting nickel and dine by happy hour beers, and your breakfast is a bagel with cream cheese. The four-day food log gets you two weekdays and two weekend days, with Friday as the transition day. By tracking your eating and drinking habits, you'll start to notice where you're weaker at dealing with social pressure and where there are holes in your decision-making process. Like, were you tired and ate whatever was convenient? Or, did you work late and not plan for that contingency? Two, plan out your entire week's worth of food, even the food you'll be eating at a restaurant. Discipline creates freedom, plain and simple. If you're perfect all week long and plan for a refeed period on the weekend, you've done your job. This game is about consistency, and to win, you must plan. There are simply too many important decisions to make throughout the week, ranging from, Work to family to play. What you eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner should not occupy that brain power. Bring your lunch and sit quietly through that working meeting. Don't touch the pizza and just state, Hey, I'm not actually that hungry today. I ate a big breakfast. Then quietly take a nice walk outside and eat your lunch a little bit later. You don't have to flaunt your superfood kale salad over the meat lovers crew. Don't be that person. Three. Clean out your pantry and fridge. If you did happen to indulge over the weekend, don't leave the leftovers in the fridge. You'll convince yourself you're trying to save money or that cold pizza tastes better and it turns into Monday lunch. Then the whole start to the week is shot. Start off with a win and pre-plan on Sunday. Get your food in order for the week, which includes subtracting the weekend festivities leftovers. Four. Get your spouse or significant other on board with your nutritional aspirations. It's easier to cook healthy food together than it is to decide on two different places to eat. If you're not supported at home, it'll be the most difficult hurdle to overcome. Most couples operate on a similar frequency. You either both eat healthy and remain active or you don't together. Create a schedule to work out together. Create time to grocery shop and cook together. Share in a delicious, healthy meal that you labored over, together. It's an amazing transformation in social support and cuts down on any judgment given or received. And five, the last line of defense is simple avoidance. If you know you've got a problem with pastries, don't walk past the bakery. If you can't have one beer and relax, don't put yourself around friends that will get you to drink 10. Avoiding the social pressure that is inherently present is another great strategy when you're trying to make changes. Environmental factors are the strongest pressure cookers due to a perceived expectation for how you should feel and act. For instance, when was the last time you went to a concert sober? Maybe it's just a simple reminder from the past that causes you to do something, like drinking a Coca-Cola at the movies. That felt good and it's forever ingrained in your memory as something you just do when you sit down to watch a movie. Understanding why you make certain decisions regarding food and otherwise is very important in making long-term changes to your health. Stop to reflect for a minute after reviewing your food log on where you can make changes to your social support. People are either helping or hurting, and it's time to get everyone playing for the same team, your team. You just listened to the post titled Food and Social Pressure. Why Support Matters and How to Combat It by Brett Gornick and Jason Liebig of livebetterco.org. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And again, a big thank you to Brett and Jason. At Live Better, they design wellness experiences connecting people to a community driven to pursue purpose. The last paragraph of their about page sums up their philosophy pretty well. Quote, wellness isn't just a one-time use product. It's an investment in your future. The impact of wellness initiatives are bigger than a simple dollar amount return on investment. They extend to intangible benefits directly for anyone. Because when you think about it, investing in yourself or your business or your employees brings life to those around you. Without wellness, well, there is no living life at your full potential, end quote. Come by livebetterco.org and you can also check out their five-day kickstart program. And again, thanks to Brett and Jason for their permission to share their work. And now for my commentary. So much of what Brett and Jason mentioned are things that research has shown to be helpful. It was like they were quoting some of my PowerPoint slides from a behavior change class I used to teach. The one thing I would add to their advice is the act of perfect practice. Now, this is probably going to sound really silly, and you might be embarrassed doing this, but here it goes. You imagine someone is offering you a temptation. So, you're at home. You're not in any kind of social situation. You're by yourself, but you imagine someone is offering you ice cream, a cookie, a beer, a cigarette. It doesn't matter. Either way, picture someone offering you something that you're trying to avoid. Now, Imagine them trying to put that bowl of ice cream, cookie, or beer in your hand. Then, say out loud to that imaginary person in a nice but assertive tone, no thank you. Then, say it again, no thank you. This is called rehearsal. You rehearse the behavior, just like an actor preparing for a role so that it becomes second nature. It becomes a reflex. The trick is, again, to actually say these words out loud, Repeating them in your head doesn't do the trick. It would be like an actor trying to memorize their lines and then just repeating them in their head without actually rehearsing them. So, repeating no thank you out loud will help you feel more comfortable saying those words and then the next time someone offers you something you're trying to consume less of, you'll surprise yourself with a kind but assertive reflexive response. No thank you. All right, that'll do it for the Monday episode. I hope you're having a great start to your week. And I'll be back here tomorrow as usual where your optimal life awaits.